Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Hub World Podcast. We have returned back to our numbering, uh, our normal numbered episodes. E3 is over, and we are going to be wrapping up the E3 talk today with our E3 awards. Not all awards are good. These are going to be like uh, our favorite and least favorite type of uh, awards. Uh, but anyways, uh, I am Matteo from the Hub World, and today I'm joined by... It's Gino. Jules from the Hub World. Riley. And Joe. Joe has made his triumphant return, his 20-episode long absence. Uh, More if you count the E3s and the lost episodes and the the sequel episode. It's been quite a while. But it's good to have you back, Joe. Thank you. It's good to be back. I know we had promised and mentioned that we were going to be doing a Microsoft slash like third-party conference uh, breakdown like we did the Nintendo one, but uh, we'll... Well, we won't say exactly what happened. We record it, recorded the episode, but it is now added to our list of uh, lost episodes. So, uh, unfortunately, it will not be coming out, but maybe we'll address some of the things that we mentioned in that episode here, if they come up. So, uh, but anyways, um, I think we should start off because we actually have quite a bit to talk about. So, um, we will start with the uh, first award for best trailer of e3 um i'll start and i was hopping between two games uh but i think when i think about best trailer i'm also going to not just talk about the quality of the trailer but my reaction to the trailer and for me the best trailer from e3 was metroid dread listen to our reaction like that explains it all like we thought this game was dead it didn't exist it was canceled. If Metroid 5 were to come back, it wouldn't be Dread. Like, like, that would have been my rationale. But the fact that this game exists and it's coming out soon, the trailer had fantastic moments. Like, I love like, the cinematic sort of like, um, like how it would transition from cinematic to gameplay. It did a really good job of telling the story f- from beginning to end. We got a lot of info from it. Like, it just, it, that's the perfect size trailer. And I just, I, I hope Nintendo kind of just lets it be and just doesn't give us a lot of news about Metroid Dread until it comes out. Like, I don't want to get spoiled from the game. So, but I think by far for me, like the best reaction I had to anything from a uh, trailer wise was Metroid Dread. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with this one also. Metroid Dread was such a hype moment. I I was quite loud and if you listen back to our live reaction video even though my mic was muted in that you might be able to hear me through the wall on Mateo's mic but just for the sake of being different I I want to say I I just want to say that maybe like my favorite thing looking back now like the sleeper kind of thing for me that I've been thinking back on was party animals I I don't know why I just keep coming back and thinking about that game and I'm like it started off with for me personally, like, I don't care about this. What the heck? And as the trailer progressed, I got more and more into the idea and I understood what it was about. And I'm like, I'm pretty hyped for that. And I like just to, just to be different, right? Cause like Metroid, Metroid dread was hands down, like the best thing in that E3 for me also. So I have a different philosophy on best trailer. Personally, I'm not picking it based off of my reaction. I'm picking it based off of what I actually just fundamentally think was the best trailer. And I think that the most hype trailer easily in that conference or in in E3 altogether was Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm sure like 
a large part of that is owed to the smash hit holding out for a hero that when you play over anything instantly makes it memorable and awesome. <laughs> but but I was very like, because I think we all kind of knew Guardians of the Galaxy was coming, but we didn't know the type of game it would be. So I think like witnessing the game itself as well as like the awesome soundtrack and like, like it was a really cool trailer and just a well put together trailer, just like the Guardians movies and their trailers. And I just, um, I'm still blown away by that trailer. Like that trailer... Whether the game is good or not doesn't really matter. That trailer was good. It yeah. was like the best thing. That um, was the one that was hopping. Like that was the other one. Like that was between that and Metroid Dread for me. Yeah, I have an honorable mention, but maybe I'll mention it at the end, just in case Riley or Joe happens to mention it. Okay, so um, for me, I as much as I liked uh, the announcer for Metroid Dread, I'm gonna have to give this one to Elden Ring. Souls fans have been starved for news for that thing for so long. Having a trailer and having a good trailer to boot was really nice. I liked actually seeing some quote-unquote gameplay. It's a good saying. I might have to borrow that. Uh, an honorable mention for me, I, I'm assuming Joe and Jules will cover the other one that I would like to mention, but I'm not going to. I, I think Battlefield actually did a pretty good job with theirs. That game looked incredible. Um, it's not my, like, I won't play it, but like, it just like the, the the scope of that game is incredible, like it's insane. But yeah, Battlefield look it looks really good. I even got to say too, as someone that doesn't normally play Battlefield games, that trailer for that game made me super excited. But that wouldn't be my best trailer, and this might be a little bit odd. But my trailer is something that I actually would probably consider a teaser. It's probably gonna shock you guys, but my favorite was probably the Breath of the Wild sequel. Mm-hmm. And although that was just a teaser. Like that minute and a half that I saw, it like brought me back to like sitting on the couch watching the Nintendo Switch like reveal conference and then seeing that first Breath of the Wild trailer at the end of it with the music. And I don't know why it basically it just it just brought me back. It was so weird. Um, yeah. Other than that, though, I probably would have to say Mario Party Superstars. That trailer was uh, pretty hype for me, too. So I'm I'm going with two Nintendo picks, which normally doesn't happen, but two Nintendo picks. Just quickly with Zelda, though, Joel, like I think you're onto something there. Like I had the, a very similar uh, reaction with Zelda. Like I know a lot of people aren't super thrilled with what Nintendo showed in terms of like just the amount, because people wanted a, a title, people wanted more of yeah. a, like a, a bigger splash. Yeah. But there's a lot there if you if you watch that trailer and like half speed or just watch it multiple times. There's a lot of stuff there that you can dig and, and find, but I had a very similar reaction to Zelda too. Like it, what Nintendo showed was like, was something I even thought about. Like, I didn't think that they were going to go back, like go to the sky and, and do that. And like all the theories that we crafted in the, like we mentioned a lot of that stuff in our breakdown for Nintendo, but yeah, like, see, that's the thing now yeah. I'm super hyped for Breath of the Wild. <laughs> It's a weird thing, though, because it's like for how short it was and for how little kind of we saw, like we saw a lot, yeah. how little we technically saw. I don't know. It's just it, the, the feelings it made me feel, plus the fact that I'm still thinking about it now. Mm. It like that's kind of like what a trailer is to me is like, how well did it sell me? And although I didn't need to be sold, like I'm sold. even the 2019 Breath of the Wild trailer did that. That yeah. was hype, too. Like they just don't need to show much just to because they know. Nintendo knows what they have and they know what people want. And yeah, Nintendo geniuses. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, that's all they need. Okay, my honorable mention 
is, and to be fair, I didn't get to experience this trailer fully when it was announced because that's when we had our our stream went down, and so I only came in part way. But I'll replay like my my feeling and why this is like my honorable mention. It was almost my number one, but it was like we're watching the Microsoft conference. They're like, now an update on Sea of Thieves. I was like, oh, whatever. And then our Microsoft stream mm-hmm. goes down. I was like, oh. And then, like, it comes back up, and all I hear is this, like, Jamaican lady speaking. And I was like, what are they doing? They're copying Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, this just sounds like Pirates of the Caribbean. And then Jack Sparrow shows up, and I was like, oh, shit, it is Pirates of the Caribbean. And I thought it was <laughs> so good, and it, it went, and it, like, took me, because Sea of Thieves is something I actually want to go back and play. Like, when they announced the Season 2, I had always thought it would be fun to go back and play. But the second I I was like, oh, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, now I definitely got to go back and play. And it was something, like, completely took me by surprise. And I know what, I'd probably, I'll probably mention this again at some point, but that's all right. Hey, it came out today, by the way, and I downloaded the, the update. Oh, did you? So yeah, I got I, the I update, to go too. Update it. Uh, if you guys would like to see a Let's Play of this, let us know, because, like, I'm really tempted to do this. Sea of Thieves just seems Shameless really fun. And we... plugging. Yeah. Hey, it's it's Shameless. an idea. We're gonna play it regardless. Would you just like to see us record? You drop I don't know if they can it. handle. They can. I don't know if they can handle the audacity of my pirate banter. I might Scurvy get too Mumbo. Piratey. Scurvy Mumbo. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was gonna say. I know we have a different order for things originally, but I was gonna say I kind of already just said what my best surprise was at E3. So would it be okay if we just jump to that one and use this as a segue? Because or else I'm just yep. gonna repeat. Yep, so anyway, that that was my best surprise of E3 was absolutely Sea of Thieves Pirates of the Caribbean crossover. Um and it's something I would have never envisioned would have been possible because when it comes to Disney, I just assume everything's off the table. Um that's, that's a fair assumption. And it's just but, like, what is a better combination than Rare and Disney, specifically Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean? So, uh, I mean, I'm very excited, and I probably will go download it right after this. Um, and we can give it a try soon. But anyway, I've broken speaking order, so I guess we should go back to speaking order and go to Mateo now for best surprise. Yes, the best surprise for me, honestly, was I don't know, I don't want to cop out and say, like, it's the fact that, like, Nintendo brought back a lot of franchises that haven't seen a game like a real next entry in their series for a while but if i had to pick one of those games i think it would be advanced wars to be honest with you like advanced wars has been dead for a really 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 long time and a lot of people kind of just like wrote it off saying like yeah fire emblem's kind of taken over the intelligent systems uh like flagship tactical rpg type game but um the fact that not one but the like both like the first two Advance Wars games are getting ground up remakes by way forward. Like at first, I'm like that's just super random. But now when I think about it, like way forwards character animations and stuff really fit the art style of like Advance Wars. At least like the box art style from Advance Wars. That's a really good match. And like as someone that really wanted to play those games and was tempted to buy them, I'm legitimately surprised now that like okay, I don't have to fork out what would be more money to buy the entire series. Now I can just spend whatever, buy, buy one game. And I get the, the first two games that I think are the people consider those to be the best games, but like just Nintendo's general, like fact that they give a shit about a lot of older IPs 
this year, like more hardcore Nintendo like fan IPs. That is my uh, that's my biggest surprise. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to say my biggest surprise probably was Metroid Dread. Just I'm gonna like not not really a couple because like I wasn't really expecting anything. Like I know you were excited about Advanced Wars, Mateo, because you're also like you do a lot of video game collecting and stuff too. And for me, like. I I don't really interact with like more of that side of like the collectible side of things. Don't get me wrong, like I was super excited to see Starfield, but if like if Elder Scrolls there, bam, that's at the top of this list. If a, if in like a new Fallout project outside of Fallout 76 is there, bam, it's at the top of that list for me. But Nintendo really just blew it out of the water this year. And like again, Metroid Dread being like in the works in some form or another for the past 19 years i no one saw that coming and that it just it's that was like that was my biggest surprise it stole the show so before riley speaks i have another another yeah so since pirates served as my honorable mention of the last one and my bridge into best surprise i'm going to take the liberty of mentioning another thing here in my speaking order the other best surprise that i really liked um, was the Super Monkey Ball collection, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited for. At first, when they announced, I was like, "Oh, whatever." And then the more I thought about it, the more I remembered like my memories from GameCube playing Super Monkey Ball, and how badly I wanted to buy Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz on Switch, but I didn't buy it because I'm like, I own it on Wii. I'm like, I shouldn't buy it, but I was really I had an itch for Monkey Ball, and now this is the perfect, the perfect compromise because like these are three games I've never owned. Although I've played all of them, I'm super excited. And if you actually look at what the game comes with, it comes with a ton of stuff. It comes with like an art book and like keychains and stuff just for buying the game. And it's a reduced price game. I'm like, yeah, this is that was a nice surprise. Okay. Anyway, on to you, Riley. Um, I hate to be conformist about this, but I'm gonna say the best surprise, yes, was Metroid Dread. Heck yeah. I I don't I don't think I really have to cover more ground on that one. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I'm also the same, so that's it. <laughs> yeah, that goes there. That goes that. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, a 2D Metroid game at all, and it kind of just, you know, popped on in, and uh, my mouth dropped, and that, that's how that went. All right. So, with that, do we move back to biggest disappointment? Yes, um, yes we do. Please. So, see, this is the thing. As a as a as a Banjo fan, obviously every year Banjo doesn't get announced. That's the biggest disappointment for me, the fact that there wasn't a new Banjo okay. game announced. Okay. But is are we doing like omissions count as biggest disappointments, or does it have to be a thing that was shown that's a disappointment, like contrary to our expectations? This is this is what I was going to say. Like, I know a lot of people really liked the Microsoft E3 presentation. Like a lot of people that normally wouldn't care for Microsoft would like that stuff. But for me, like I was really looking forward to seeing potentially more for from games like uh Perfect Dark or Everwild. Uh honestly even Forza Motorsport. Yeah, we got Horizon, but like there's, there's a lot of games Microsoft had announced already. Like I wanted to see more like Halo Infinite should have been had even more time in the the show and it didn't instead we got just a lot of gameplay reveal or reveals not even gameplay reveals of games that were just cinematic stuff like i wanted to see more of indiana jones i wanted to see other stuff that microsoft and bethesda had that are previously announced that just were no shows 
and like okay there's some cool stuff that they did announce but now those games are lumped into the 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 games that i've mentioned that only had like cinematic reveals so like contraband brand the game by uh, avalanche and outer worlds 2 and like stuff like that it's just now like microsoft has like they have so many games that we only know exist just from a cinematic and these games are still years out so to me that honestly is like that's the thing that disappointed me the most yeah just like not seeing more right it's not seeing more and then also just the stuff they did show now is going to be stuff that we won't see for a while so yeah honestly i don't know what the biggest disappointment for me was like i guess just like when we were sitting watching the the square show right they were showing off the final fantasy one through six collection thing and Mm -hmm. we're like oh they were remastering it and we're like oh my god is this happening this is so hype we can finally go back and play these it was like yeah and then we saw steam and android and that was it we were just like yeah oh it was just so much yes to so much why yeah and like we were just talking about this a little while ago too where like all of those games final fantasies one through six have already been remade for pc and android and they've been ported for them some somewhere and okay you're just re-releasing it again put these on console or something else please oh it was that was that was it was rather disappointing or honestly just like where's show in general outside of like guardians was just i don't know i i was disappointed we will get that we will get to the the conference uh talk later gino but i know where you're going to go with that yeah yeah, I will go with the Final Fantasy remakes. I think the biggest disappointment for me, by far, was the very first conference we watched was Ubisoft. That conference was all sorts of bad, all sorts of nothing announced. And at the very end, they're like, but we have one more thing to show you. And we're like, okay, well, since it's been so bad, they must be showing us their open world Star Wars game. And it starts and it's like clearly on some kind of like alien foresty planet. And Riley's like, is that Endor? Uh, and we're like, oh shit, it is. Like, this is the Star Wars game. We get to take a look at it. And then you see blue people. And I was like, <laughs> why are they making this game? Like, I don't even want a second Avatar movie, let alone a fucking video game. I was so disappointed. I was like, I waited this whole this whole conference through all your bullshit to see Avatar the game. Like, I don't even want Avatar the anything. Like, just stop. Avatar is a blight on the name Avatar. The only Avatar that should exist is Last Airbender. (laughs) Savage. Oof. Much like the Avatar people. I had no idea that that this was was a thing. But but apparently, like, we knew Ubisoft was making an Avatar game. Like, it was announced. I I have no recollection of this happening. Apparently, this was apparently... I'm pretty sure everyone repressed it. I don't think anyone cared. Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. So I know Yeah. Well, I'm that was my biggest disappointment was seeing that not only was there nothing of note in Ubisoft, but also that Avatar is not dead like it should be. Mm-hmm. Um James Cameron's just gotta give up. <laughs> give it up. The only thing good about Avatar was the fact that it was, like, really cool 3D and the, like, CG was good. Like, there's nothing else good about that movie. That movie was not, like, anything special. Like, it was okay. Like, 
it's like your av- it's like one of the lesser Pixar movies in terms of like actual narrative quality. Hey, Disney's yeah. going to be uh, driving that that series down everyone's throats now. They own it. They built a land for it at Disney World. Like, wait, what, Avatar. Which one? Avatar. Avatar. Oh, yep. It's uh, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be the next big thing that Disney's gonna be pushing. So, well, I hope it tanks and loses them a lot of money. <laughs> so, uh, and I believe we're on Riley now. So it's my. Uh, I was debating whether I should put this under biggest appointment or big most cringeworthy, but. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the Smash character announcement. Really? <laughs> I genuinely gives. I could care like it's difficult for me to freight like to put into words how apathetic I am to that character. Like, I think there could have been so many better options. I know Tekken's popular, but I think we have enough fighting game reps, especially since Teru is already one of them in the fighter yeah. passes. I think this one was kind of redundant. Fair enough. Um. I just there was I think so many better characters they could have put in, like even from Namco I would have much preferred a Soul Calibur character. But as my coworker once said, Soul Calibur is only popular in like France apparently. <laughs> hey, it's popular at Yako's house. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was that that was my main one. The other one I want to say is I was also a little dis like not disappointed with the game obviously, but I was disappointed that we didn't get to see more of uh, Halo's campaign. They seemed to mm. put way more emphasis on multiplayer. We didn't. All we saw was a cinematic for the the campaign. No gameplay, which upset me a little bit. That was a damn good cinematic. Yeah, but like we saw in-engine stuff, though, too, of the campaign. And we mentioned this in the the lost uh, Microsoft third-party breakdown video. But once again, like we are, I'm pretty sure we are all on the same page in terms of Halo Infinite. We really liked what we saw of Halo Infinite last year before the delay. Yeah, and like we could be playing that game right now, if, and if people that probably aren't going to be playing Halo Infinite didn't complain about the game, so. But hey, it's another. It gave them another year, I guess. Like we'll, the game is going to launch complete, presumably, with ray tracing and all that other stuff that they promised would be there eventually. But um, just Riley, quickly before we move on to the next thing about uh, or to the next person, yeah. Kazuya is not the greatest, but at least it was not Gino. Yeah, Kazuya is <laughs> more deserving than that that stupid puppet. So I mean, I honestly even I, I, Gino for the reaction, you know, like, like I think I Gino would have been Kazuya, more interesting. Hey, like for an E three reveal, like come on. Yeah, but Gino then would if Gino was announced for Smash Bros at E three, Gino would have been my biggest and, disappointment. Yeah, and we would have had to change our outro. <laughs> yep, but like. Could, like even like why we would like, have to I apologize. Question, I just question why they didn't do something like reorder the fighters pass and have Kazuya come out after Steve and save Sephiroth for E three reveal. Like it just it seems strange. And I know the idea like behind it is that you start with your heavy hitters to sell the pass, but like it just seems strange that like steve and sephiroth clearly like the two biggest like what the fuck like how are these characters even in smash we're like back to back and then you go into like pyra and kazuya which like progressively get less interesting yeah i definitely would have reordered it i i agree with that like that that makes a lot of sense how many how many characters are fighter like how many characters on the fighter passes now 
Which uh, what six. numbers? There's, There's one more. more after this. No, but I meant how many? Is are there five for Fighter Pass or six? Uh, there was five for the first one, six for this one. Yeah, oh. Piranha Plant was technically not part of the Fighters Pass, but um, so there was only five. So but if you're you saying is there's zero for ten for me so far? Zero for eleven. It's if terrible. you count plant, how dare you, Riley? Um, Anyways, okay, I'll go. Uh, so you stole my base disappointment. Mine also was Kazuya. I was so upset. Like, what type of like? Sorry, sorry, Yako. Uh, what type of uh, character are you going to show at E3? You show that. Like that. <laughs> that that was terrible. I'm sorry. That, I would have taken. I was slightly upset about Min Min, but I would take Min Min over Kazuya. The only thing I could think of is something happened. Whoever that eleventh character is probably should have been tenth. And I have a feeling whatever is coming. What was supposed to come with Kazuya, if there was some other announcement, I think that they're going to unveil with the last fighter that probably would have made up for Kazuya. I don't know, something fishy, because you're right. Having Steve and Alex and Sephiroth back to back makes absolutely no sense at all. Like none. Because it, it, if they were to end on Kazuya and whoever the next challenger um, would be, and I don't know, it would just it would leave a sour taste in my mouth. And I just don't think Nintendo is that stupid after giving us Metroid Dread. It, it's just it's two complete opposite ends of the spectrum for me. Um, it almost feels like like I don't know if you got this sense, but it almost feels like Nintendo was like, we have a pretty solid E3, so we don't need a Smash character to carry it. Yeah, even that. It's just, something was just was off about it. I don't know. Like, and I understand, you know, it's great for the the fighting series fans, but I don't know. The other thing I wanted to say for my biggest disappointment was. Uh, the lack of Super Mario Strikers. <laughs> that's, yep. that's, that's it. One that, day, that Joe, it'll come biggest. back. Well, hey. I just keep looking. Next level hasn't made anything since 2019. Strikers, that's like a two, you know, to three year game. Next Rather level is a growing studio. It got hey, bought you know. by Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo has given us a lot of stuff from the past. Like, this whole year, like, when you actually think about, like, the trajectory of the games this year, like, Pokemon Snap... Um, um, Mario Party based on S64 games, Metroid Dread, Advance Wars, like WarioWare, yeah. like as Mateo kind of said, like it's very much like looking at the past and looking at like like what they can bring. Like, so who knows? They might even be looking at that. I think we're gonna get baseball though before Strikers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense. I want Mario Rugby. Oh, I wish. I hope they add into Mario Strikers as a guest character Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Those people with the electric fences. On the, the, that'd be hilarious. Headbutt. That would be funny. Yep. Um, so, anyway, um, on, on this train wreck, uh, why don't we just go into the next one? Most cringeworthy announcement. So, just, just following the sadness. I cringed for ma- the majority of Ubisoft's conference. But I think this, like, the single thing I cringed the most on was that Final Fantasy remaster thing, like that end screen. I'm like, ooh, like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cringe as hard as that, honestly. And Gino said it really brought up a good point about like this, these games, like how tone deaf could Square Enix be? You know, this is your flagship series, <laughs> and these games are not playable on consoles. I don't know, maybe they're not on. They might be on PlayStation. I have no idea, but. For Switch and Xbox, they're not there. I know for a fact they're not there. Final Fantasy 1 through 6. So, like, if you're putting all the effort or putting effort into 
remastering these games or just like restoring them a little bit, why don't you put them on platforms that they'll actually sell well on? I don't, I just don't understand that to me. Like that just drives me up the wall. Like, ugh. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm. The the most cringe thing I can I can probably think also it came um, at one of the third party uh, things Mateo and I have to say it was probably just dance. I oh my god, dude, you just, stole it out of my mouth. Yeah, I just I just do not give two shits about this franchise. I know people like it. It's turned kind of more like a mobile game that you just. So you so you buy the game, it's on your TV from your like Xbox or Switch or wherever you play it, and then you have to download this mobile game and it like I, I don't get it. I I don't get it. I think it's almost as egregious as FIFA. Like every year. You mm. get a new one. It's just and see, every instead, year, instead, and instead of every... a roster update. Yeah, instead of a roster update, you get a um a library update. update. You get yeah. forty different like it's not and it's not even the same songs. Okay, it's like different songs. Okay, uh you can make an argument like that's a good thing. Okay, you're getting new music and whatever. But if anyone wants to talk about Just Dance, they get copyright flag because of the music. Yep. We got copyright strike from Just Dance, but then again, we're not monetizing any of this stuff, right? Because like we're yeah. too small of the channel right now. Do subscribe if you want to support us though. <laughs> um but it's just like why are you wasting time with Just Dance? No one watching E3 is a casual Just Dance player. They don't watch mm-hmm. it to be like, oh, got to wake up at uh, this time in the morning and stop work and take a break to watch the Ubisoft reveal for next year's Just Dance. No, they're watching for Assassin's Creed. They're watching for Far Cry. They're watching for other stuff. They're not watching for Just Dance. Just take it out of your show. Yep. That's my reaction to Ubisoft. Literally every E3 for the last five years, I'm like, why are you showing Just Dance? And in years past, it was even more cringe because they would do a friggin' dance on stage too. But I guess um, I, the video presentation was cringe too. But anyways, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna elaborate on yours. So it wasn't just the presence of Just Dance for me, and I don't mean to talk shit about individual people, but that guy, I don't know his name. I don't care what his name is. Whose hit single was like the flagship thing, and he comes in, he's like, "My hit single is now part of Just Dance." Like, I'm sorry, I was just like, "Are you fucking joking?" I'm like, "Why am I watching E3 for this?" Like, I really don't care about <laughs> some random ass fucking singer who's like, "I'm sorry," like you're not very popular. It's not like they got like Kanye West to come out and be like, "My single." It's like it's not like it's somebody big. It was like some fucking like. F tier singer shows up as like my new hit single is gonna be in Just Dance 2020, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, why am I watching E3 to see Ubisoft push some random singer and their game that's made for a casual audience? Push it with like a headliner artist, push it with Lady Gaga, push it with Beyonce, push it with like I don't know, even like I'll take Fergie or the Black Eyed Peas, like somebody who's like was big. Don't push it with some rando like like I, no. it just pissed me off. I was just like, let, so let me jump mad. in here quickly. I, I had to Google it because I must have missed this. But this person's name is Todra Call. To give a background, gained attention the ninth season of American Idol, and uh, they are now a rapper. So now, now you know. Well, that's the thing. Is like, and no offense to the to Todrick. Like, I'm not saying that he's a bad singer. I'm not trying to shit on his music or whatever. I'm just saying this is like a hardcore gaming event. And it just felt stupid that not only is Just Dance there, but they're trying to push Just Dance with a nobody. 
that would not entice me just, to buy it. That's not someone that has the star power to make me buy it. Exactly. Exactly. So we were going to buy the game anyway. Okay. This is not like. No, yeah. I, have a, I have a fun thought experiment about this. What what kind, what kind of. What musician would be required with the star power necessary for you to actually consider buying Just Dance? Well, I wouldn't consider buying it, but at least I would have enjoyed the trailer, you know? You know? Like if Green Day jumped out and was like, we're adding p- the punk rock scene into Just Dance, I would have at least watched him and be like, oh, cool, Green Day. But like, I don't give a shit about Rando. You know, it, like, it seems, sorry, it seems so much about making me want to buy it, but maybe to recommend it to someone that's looking for a game for their kid. Like seeing that, I'd just be like, I, I don't even know what Just Dance is anymore. Like, or just even being, but even just being entertained. Like, for example, like with Sea of Thieves, like I'm sure a lot of people like don't play Sea of Thieves, have no intention of playing Sea of Thieves, but probably still enjoyed the trailer with with the Pirates of the Caribbean content because they're like, oh, yes. cool, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, that's a big thing. And this yeah. is a cool trailer, right? And I think that's the difference is like, I feel like if you're going to put this in a hardcore setting, like, at least have something that's entertaining, even if somebody's not going to buy it. Moral of the story, Ubisoft, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, man. Come come on. To get out. Let's go, let's go to Riley. All right, so I have a couple. I'm debating what I... I definitely think honorable mentions I need to get out of the way. So Avatar was a big one for me. Just yep. I fi- I almost physically recoiled when I realized it wasn't a Star Wars game. <laughs> um, yep. What else? I had another one here. What was the other? Oh yeah, the Smash announcement made me sad. I mean, I watched it afterwards because I had work, but just hearing seeing that was one of the announcements made me. I I was not a good time. And then the actual one, the one that. During live stream, I was like, "Ew, what's what's going on with this?" Was the dialogue during Final Fantasy Origins: uh, Strangers in Paradise? I knew you were gonna say this. Yeah, I knew wow. it. every two seconds, I need to kill Chaos, this and then guy. they see Chaos. He's like, "Who are you people?" And they're like, "We're the people who are here to kill Chaos." I'm just like, "Jesus, what? Why? Who? That guy who wrote was just the dialogue really, really... for this?" Yeah, he was oh. really enthusiastic about killing Chaos. Really not no more hour, else it would have been like, my heart can help me kill Chaos. It's uh, just, I am watching, I mean, watching you play, I'm still, I, I'm ambivalent towards the game, but that dialogue yeah. in that trailer was just brutal. It was brutal to listen to. Yep. That was my pick, too, for most cringeworthy. Really? My, my <laughs> quote was, I only know one thing. I want to kill Chaos. And then random, <laughs> me too. Um. <laughs> And I wanted to pull from the YouTube comment, so I think everyone would appreciate this. Could this be the video game equivalent to The Room? Because this whole trailer made me laugh so hard from beginning to end. You have a trio of characters who look like they belong in a J-pop boy band group, and their leader is obsessed with chaos. And then the other comment underneath it was, oh, hi, chaos. Hi, hi, chaos. chaos. (laughs) Um, See, like the thing is, I find this especially funny because... I didn't find that trailer cringy at all because I'm totally like bought into the whole like bullshit of like Final Fantasy esque stuff. So like to me that was just totally normal. I'm just like, oh okay. But like I guess like a lot of people are just like, no. I was so hyped at that trailer. I didn't find it cringy at all, but then all everybody all over the internet was just like, holy shit, cringe. And I was just I, like I was oh. telling you that like that even that guy, he just seems like bad discount guts with his motivations the one that still really does it for me is there's like the one frame where it zooms in on the guy with the blonde hair 
and all you hear is chaos. He just puts his eyes down. <laughs> and I just about to rewatch the trailer. I really need to rewatch this trailer and see. Uh... We need a chaos counter. Can I have a bit of a spiel, though, here on Strangers of Paradise? Because this is my thing about it. And I know, like, I'm not a Souls person, but I've been watching Riley play a lot of Souls games. But what drove me nuts is one, like, it was hard because I'm just bad at those games. But what bothered me is that in Souls games, the fundamental thing is that you have a, like, a, like, stamina bar so that you can't really spam your moves. But there's no stamina bar in that game, so you just keep going. To be and fair, uh, like, Sekiro doesn't have uh, stamina. Oh, does it not? And you did say it looked like it was more like geared around Sekiro style than. Okay, then maybe not. But I was just that I felt like a fundamental flaw to me when I played it. But um, then again, I also died because I was swarmed by a ton of freaking wolves, and I've never seen a Souls game where there's that many enemies around at the same time. Now, our most anticipated game shown at E3, Ooh, and I, I feel like this. This will be very reminiscent of like um, our first topic, but uh, for me, my most anticipated game coming. Can out I have E3... a clarification? Can I have clarification? Yeah. Is this something that was announced that's coming out in the foreseeable future, or is this anything announced? I say anything. No, you can anticipate anything. I'd say anything that was like yeah, anything that was shown in the in any of the E3 conferences. Um, Okay, just because I'm like from okay, I'll I'll explain it when I get to me, but that's okay. Yeah, for me, um, it's Metroid Dread, just from the fact that like everything I said about that game earlier, and the fact that it's coming out so soon. Riley's playing through the Metroid games, and that's kind of like making me really want to play Metroid games, like especially Samus Returns. Like I really want to turn my 3DS on and play through that game again. I love that game. I've only played it once, but like. Metroid Dread looks to me like it's it's kind of like it's got horror aspects in it and like there's going to be a lot of stealth and like it's going to get your blood flowing like that game is going to be at at some points like it it could be scary at one point some points for a Metroid game so like it it seems like it's going to be just different enough and it's going to have the uh like the twist that like the ME robots are going to give to the gameplay to me that is just like and then to boot, just the presentation of that game it looks fantastic like it just mercury steam is making it again like i just they said all the right things about that game and sakamoto during his little spiel like between the like just before the game got shown at treehouse and then the actual treehouse itself like that game is being pitched to us as like this this project that They've always wanted to make, and it's taken this long to get it right, and they got it right based on everything they've shown. So, like, that's why, like, I know, like, I would say Zelda, but, like, Zelda's so far out, and I still want to see more. But, like, everything that I've seen, like, the Metroid was shown as a complete package, and it's coming so soon. So, like, that's why, for me, Metroid is, Metroid Dread's the most anticipated. Yeah, I'm going to say Metroid, uh, Metroid Dread is my most anticipated, but... There is one game that is going to be my second, and I think I would like to talk about that one instead. And that's the new Mario Party game, or the remake, oh, uh, the remake, the remake mashup pack of Mario Party. I am so hyped, and there's a lot of people online saying, "Oh, it's just another remake. Why are they doing this again? We've already had these games. Do something new with the old formula." Like, no, this Please. is how Nintendo <laughs> tests to see if people are still interested in the in the old formula and also, make money. Most of the new Mario Party games have been kind of. Eh. 
Yeah. They've been at the, best, yeah, let's be honest. Please do it with the old formula. I've been doing that for 15 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to talk too much in detail about it. Like Mario Party is going to be great to like, they're bringing back the original economy mechanics. They're bringing back the, um, like the star costs, some of the items. And then like, I am happy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's like, mine is absolutely like, obviously like Zelda is big for me. And I, I would love to say breath of the wild two is my big one, but like Mio says, there's somewhere to see that. It doesn't really feel like something I can get on board with. Whereas, like, I wasn't—I didn't stop thinking about Mario Party for like a good three days after that conference. Like, I'm still like every time I think about the Mario Party game, I'm like, I just want to play it right now. Like yeah. every day until that game comes out will be your agony. <laughs> and like, as much as I love playing Mario Party in person, and I'm excited that it will come out at a time where we can play the person. I'm also not opposed to playing it online just because it's the old stuff. Because everything I wanted in a Mario Party game, it's literally when they announced the top 100, we we're like, why didn't they just do this? And now they're doing it. And mm-hmm. I'm very excited. There's nothing they can do to make that game bad at this point. Like, even if Gino's a playable character, like, I'll, I'll buy it and I'll endorse it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very hyped for that game. Dr. Okay. Wally. It's, uh, it's a toss up for me. Uh, it's really hard for me to decide on what I'm most anticipated for. Actually, it's three of them, but you, two of you have already mentioned one of them, so I'm not going to say that one. See, I part part of me wants to veer towards Halo, just because I I'm like almost 98 percent sure Elden Ring is going to be good. <laughs> Halo is much more of a toss up, so I want to put my child my hope into that. You know? Yeah, I feel you. Like, I know Elden Ring's going to be good. I don't know how Halo's going to turn out, given 343's try. They try. Bless their heart. They're, like, they're, it's in the right place, and they try. But some of the, Halo t- some some of the execution has been... Yeah. Halo 5 was almost there, right. Halo yeah. 4, no. Not, yeah. not, but So, I want Halo to be good, and I like I love Halo. All of you know that. Um, So, I'm anticipating it will be good. Really hoping, and, you know... So it's gonna be my. It's. I have the highest expectations for it, and I feel like it's also gonna be crushing if they're not met. It's like how Mateo is with banjo every year. Yep. So yeah, yeah. It's, I'm gonna say it's my most anticipated with an asterisk. This year I was not crushed that bad about no banjo. Like it's just I don't know. I and I feel I'm a little worried to be honest with you about. I that. thought I thought you got your banjo like. <laughs> what was it? The closest thing you're getting to banjo was that mural in uh, Forza Horizon. Yeah, the bear mural. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think yeah. we have that. Yeah, that was in the reaction. I, I think we have that. That was actually a really funny moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for the reminder, Riley. Yeah, I'll jump in because mine's just my second the same as, as Riley's. Mine 100% is Halo Infinite, except I'm not going to put an asterisk beside it. I'm going to put an exclamation point. Uh, my reasoning is it's been so long since we've just had something new in Halo. And I, I just want anything. I honestly think a, a lot of Halo 5's um, downfalls, at least to, like, a, I would say, our group of friends, and I'm sure a lot of other people that may be listening, is that at that point when Halo 5 came out, we, we were pretty spoiled 
by Destiny because Destiny was already out at that point, correct? I yeah. think I think he, Destiny he was, was already out for a year. year. It was taking a year. Came out. And as much as Halo Five had tried to reinvent the wheel, it, it it couldn't. And Destiny was just that breath of fresh air, and it just kind of felt like the natural continuation of Halo. At that, point. whereas at that point, exactly. Whereas now, I feel like we're at a point that a lot of people want that Halo feel back, and we've kind of been deprived from it for so long. Uh, in terms of what they actually showed at E3, though, I, I loved the uh, the overview trailer with Chief and the weapon. And when he even just said, like, I had chills when he said, like, the missions change, they always do. And he, he put the weapon in his uh, in his suit. Uh, I, I got chills. I'm just I'm so excited for it. And on top of that, too, the multiplayer trailer looked fantastic. I was so down for how he threw the sticky grenade at the energy sword. The energy sword popped up. He grabbed it and he got a nice slice. It was unbelievable. Like that, I feel, is everything I want in a Halo multiplayer experience. Even like the little details, like I don't know if you guys could hear it, but it was like a remix of the Halo theme in the background during the uh, the multiplayer trailer. It, it was like a, a cool little remix. It just oh, I, I think 3.3 is finally going to be able to do it. And most they of all, know, I hope that the needle is overpowered. They know how oh. much pressure they have on them. They cannot afford, like, and Microsoft too, by extension. Like this game, like we say all the time, Halo Infinite cannot be like another disappointing Halo game made by 343. It can't be bad. Like it, need, Microsoft and 343 need to nail the landing. Like this, like especially because so many people are going to be there day one because it, the barrier to entry to that game is so low. So, like, they're going to have a lot of eyes on them, and they need to nail it, like, really. Yeah. And that's why I'm trying to, like, I really was impressed with what we saw of Halo Infinite for the last two years. I really don't want to get my hopes up just in case, like, and it's hard. It's really hard because it looks so good. I gave in. My hopes are all the way up. And and I still (laughs) also, I know they keep saying holiday. I still do think we're getting it this year because if they delay it too long, then I think it would run too close to, uh, the Destiny's big release that's probably going to be in early 2022. I think they're just waiting to be sure. Call of Duty should be coming out this year, right? We know Battlefield's yep. date. We don't know COD's date yet. And I'm just assuming they're probably going to toy around with it. But yep. I think the natural date is, what is it? Uh, November, what's the date that everyone keeps saying? 19th. Yeah. I, think, I think the date that everyone is kind of anticipating for this. Well, I will be playing Pokemon and Shining Pearl that day. I don't. Well, it always happens. Pokemon never gets a day on its own. Every time. Never. Always. Even the okay. Nintendo themselves, have... the Smash Bros. But Joe, I appreciate. I I appreciate your positivity regarding Halo. Yes, me too. Oh, I've, so I just been hurt so many times. I want to like. I'm like. I'm. I'm excited. I just. Oh. I don't know how. I how want them to hurt me again. I'll give them a hug at Pax if they hurt me again. So, um, next topic is the game that we think is most likely to tank. And when we thought of this uh, this award, the one game that came to my mind immediately is the game that we all said that this game is going to be forgotten about. And it came in Ubisoft, and it was another one of those games that they spent way too much time talking about. And I think it's called Riders Republic. That's a little. That's a, <laughs> I was going Riders Republic forgot about that one. Yeah, that I, I don't even know if that's the actual title of the game. That's a little I care about Something it. Like that. I think it I is. Just, it's I just was so you're say extraction. It's so generic. Like 
it is the most generic biking game mixed with the most generic uh sky like flying game like it and like there's like random ass like rocket powered vehicles in it for some reason and like if i want to play a game like that like i would just play something else like it just seems like generic and bland there's no like like when and it's it's weird because like i was about to say like there doesn't seem like there's a lot of character and like that world doesn't feel good or anything like that but like if they would have added stuff to it, I feel like it would have just been even more generic. Like it would just be like seen like a cheap imitation of something like I don't know, like it would have been like what, no, Fortnite or something like that. Like it would just been really lame and it just like and it seems they they're putting a lot of effort into that game and a lot of like Ubisoft at least is for marketing because like they spent so much time yeah. talking about it and there there's absolutely no way they are gonna meet their uh their like estimates and like their goals that their internal goals that they put on that game like i just yeah. don't who is I this game for that game existed. literally right? forgot like, that game existed exactly like it's them it's seeing the- that tony hawk did well and not realizing that the reason tony hawk did well has nothing to do with the type of game it is and everything to do with the fact that it's a remake of a game that people played in the 90s and something like this, like Riders Republic, likely would have done well in the '90s, but it's not going to do well in the '20s. Yeah. It seems really generic. It's like it's like the the summer games equivalent of Steep. Mm-hmm. Who remember Steep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's Steep, but that's Steep had an audience, so at least because like there weren't snowboarding games back then. Like, like and it came out in a time where like it would it was forever since there was a snowboarding game. At least like with with this like i don't think anyone wants a like mountain biking game it's not even like, mountain biking yeah. it's weird no like there's multiple different like sports outdoor sports but like it it has like that weird like village uh like you're like like the thing where like, like, you have like a community yeah. like it, it's just every game does that better it seems like yeah. so just why at this point ubisoft like that's I, another indeed. thing I think you hit the nail on the head, though, when you mentioned the snowboarding, because, say, with Steep, with Steep came out, and even there was a mention of, like, a 1080 series, like, 1080 Avalanche coming out, people would flock to that, because that's already established and tried. It's the same yeah. thing with this. Like, I don't, I just can't see anyone buying it. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the one yeah. that I'm, that I'm going to say is probably the game, the most likely to tank, is the thing that's continuing to tank right now, and that's, I think, um... Based on what we've seen so far in Marvel's Avengers, I really want the War for Wakanda expansion to do well for them. It would be a nice return to form, but I just do not trust Crystal Dynamics. So even though they're gonna they're gonna try to use uh, Black Panther to like rein, reinvigorate their like the Marvel's Avengers game, I don't think it's gonna work. There's so much bad will right now, and this is just going to be the War for Wakanda is going to end up being like the last nail in the coffin for this game. If it, I I don't think it's going to do well, based on everything that's happened in that game so far. Um, I don't know if. Sorry to cut you off, Gino. Just to hop onto your point, I I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but um, we have as of today, Marvel's Avengers is showing your IP address on screen after a new patch. So just go along with your trusting. You're trusting of Crystal Dynamics there. It's what a mess. Oh my god, how the yeah. great have fallen. Like that studio, they were at like 
the top of their game with Tomb I mean, Raider and, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. And like, they still are. It's just that uh, wasn't the type of game that they succeed in, right? Like they yeah, like, were given a well, series were kind of, and yeah. Yeah. right, but um, mine kind of relates to this because I have two. They actually relate to both of yours. Um, I didn't know which one I would choose from, and I thought I was going to be choosing the second one because I thought Mateo was talking about a different game when he said Ubisoft. <laughs> but the first one that I'm going to mention, which I don't think is the one I think will tank the most, but it's just one that I think we should mention because it likely won't do well, is Rocksmith Plus, which I still don't know why it was even there. Yeah. Like, it seemed more like a service than a game. Um, so I thought I'd just mention that one. But the one I think will tank... And this is the reason why I think Avengers tanked, and this is why I think a lot of games tank. Games as service does not fucking work unless you have a fucking hit like Destiny, and Destiny was only a hit because it had Bungie behind it who had made Halo. And there were so many loyal people, and it did get better. And that's the thing. So a lot of people want to stick with it because they're like, oh, it, it, it will get better. And so Destiny is like one of the I few games of services. Vanilla Destiny was fine. Yeah. People were just hating That's on it for Okay, everything. fine. But I'm just saying very few games of services actually work. And this game, I am willing to bet my life will tank. Babylon's Fall looks so yeah. fucking generic <laughs> and so bloody plain. There's no way that game as a games of service is making it anywhere past its first month. Like that game will fucking tank. I'm glad you said it because I wanted to, but I didn't want uh, I didn't want Camille to come through my window and kill me. No, it's just it does not look good. Me it looks hands are so right now, Riley, crapping on people that want to see Bayonetta. So. <laughs> it looks like it looks like every other generic game that Platinum's made because Platinum's made some fucking rock star games. Like Bayonetta is awesome. Right, like Metal Gear Rising is awesome. They did, right? like, there's a lot. There's a lot of games that they made that are really fucking good, but they make. They also have this brand of like generic that they also make that kind of like bleeds into things like Wonderful 101 and like their Transformers game and like Astral Chain, where it's like they're good, but they're not really great. Like they're just like. Kind of just like typical platinum hack and slash. Like there's no real like soul behind it, and it looks like that style. But now it's a games of service, and I'm just like, why? This looks like it's the next anthem. It just looks like it's a watered down crap thing. That like, why would I want to grind a thousand hours in boring ass gameplay? Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's it seems like these developers are seeing like, oh. They're not making a game for making a game. They're making a game to be a recurring revenue source, right? Like, and I understand yeah. the companies and they need to make money and everything. But if your core product is bad or uncompelling, why even bother? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that anything like a games of service only really works if there's something like preconception that can pull people in. So something like Destiny worked because the preconception was this is Bungie's next game. And so like a lot of people really stuck with it. And same thing with like Avengers. Like Avengers did end up tanking even with the preconception of this is a Marvel game. But like at least that had the potential to 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 do well. But things like Anthem and Babylon's Fall, like why? Why are people gonna what what makes this unique? It's just it's the same as any other games of service that had nothing behind it before. 
I think Anthem though had the had the best chance to succeed though because it was Bioware. Bioware had, had taken a massive hit by then. Like that was coming off of Andromeda. People had already lost their faith in Bioware. And yeah, and it's just, it was just like okay, they had they had a lot of like they barely got over with Dragon Age Inquisition, right? Because like that game, like as well as that game did, it was really like the signs and the cracks and everything were there that like something wasn't right there. And then, and then you had, and then Andromeda came out and furthered that narrative. And then once Anthem came out, that's two stinkers in a row, and it's a brand new IP that they just let die, right? And the, yeah, so, and the thing is with Andromeda and with Anthem, it was very similar with Bioware. It's like neither of them is actually that bad; they're just okay. But when you're a studio like Bioware that has such a heavy legacy, when your legacy is Knights of the Old Republic, one of the most critically acclaimed Star Wars games of all time, and Mass Effect Trilogy, which is, again, like one of the biggest sci-fi like games, like series of all time, and Dragon Age, which is another like super well-received like fantasy series, like when you have that reputation, okay doesn't cut it. Yeah. It's just, I, that's the unfortunate aspect of being like it's like an okay nintendo game right like i know when a, an okay nintendo game comes out people generally perceive them as bad nintendo games even though they're better than like probably half the stuff that comes out but it's because when you have a legacy you have to uphold it and yeah and that's what i'm feeling with babylon's falls i just feel like platinum can do so much better and if this had something behind it like some some kind of IP or pre-existing something that what would have pulled people in and made people invested in things like microtransactions and like staying sticking with it, maybe it would work. Even though the gameplay will likely be repetitive, but the fact that it's just random, basic? Yeah. like basic, yeah. Anyway, I've I've gone on long enough, Riley. Uh, so you kind of took mine, so I had to go through and look at the games that were announced, because I'm trying to find one that isn't that, because I feel like that's happened a lot during this podcast, where someone said what I want to say. Um, so I do think Babylon's Fall is kind of mediocre looking, and I don't know if people stick with it for very long. Another one, I don't know if this counts, but I think Death Stranding Director's Cut might not do so well. Yeah, like, did people even want that? (laughs) I don't think anyone really wanted that, but... (laughs) Especially like not in the West, where we don't understand strand type games. I feel like that is the like that is like the definition of something like I bet Kojima and Sony had like a pre existing like thing in their contract that they had to complete, and once that's done, that's it. With probably like there's just so much like I honestly believe like like if there's a lot of smoke right now with linking kojima to microsoft and like i feel like once playstation is done their like their con- their contract is fulfilled with kojima for death stranding that's probably it like i honestly think that it's i don't know it's something that like and it's the type of thing where like how much how different is it going to be from death stranding and it's not going to change anything about the base game so like how like it, the game would be kind of considered a, a flop already as it is in at least the West, so... Yeah, so there's that one, and then... This one might be a little bit more controversial, but, uh, I don't... Because I don't know if it'll... I don't know if it's gonna tank. But I don't think it's gonna be as, anywhere near as good as people are expecting it to be, and that's, uh, Guardians. 
I think people are hyping that up a bit too much. You take yeah. that back. How <laughs> dare you? Okay. Is that my cue to go? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so my most likely to tank is based on the fact this game was at the end of a conference and I was not impressed at all. As a matter of fact, it just felt like something completely random that was just thrown out there and it it actually deflated most of the conference for me, but that was Redfall. Really? Yeah, I I did not enjoy watching really? Redfall. I thought it was way too long of a of a trailer for something really? that was like, if you're gonna take that long, it better be Halo, it better be Gears, Forza, as Forza was long, but Forza actually deserved it because that game looks fantastic. Hmm. But in terms of how long they spent on that game, for what I got from it, like I think I probably would have been more excited about it if it was a short teaser. Because actually seeing the game and all of that stuff, like I'm just not interested. Yeah, even the I also fact feel like, yeah, no, go ahead. no. I was gonna say I also maybe like it wasn't even necessarily the length they spent on it, but also the placing. Like, why are you closing your conference with this? Yeah, yeah, it's like, just, it just didn't make sense. Like, Arcane isn't even one of like they're they're a big Bethesda studio, but like they're not like that's where like you would slot. Bethesda's main studio there. You would like Arcane isn't even as big as some of the other Microsoft studios in terms of like uh like notoriety among gamers and non like and casual gamers. Like I don't think anyone really like like I know Dishonored, I know Prey, but like not a lot of people would know that and like I don't think that slot exactly like that isn't deser- like that game is something that I would have put like in the middle of the conference, and then I would have just ended with Halo Infinite. Honestly, okay. like it. Here's a hypothetical for that. Sl- that talking about where, what what should go where in a slot. Like, what about a developer like Obsidian, where not a lot of people know them, but if people told like if they start working on a Fallout, that'd be big news. Like, would, yeah, would that be warrant being yeah, in there? But that game is hype. That's a big IP. Like, and I'm we'll sorry, play. Redfall does not look interesting at all. At least to me, not yeah. at all. That's like something I look at. And if, if I want to be, you know, like uh, going through the, like, a taxpayer here, it's like my Game Pass dollars are going towards funding that. And it, it's just not something I'm interested in at all. Our fucking dollar Game Pass? <laughs> yeah, my Game Pass dollar is going towards that. Single Joe, dollar. I would, I would love for us to be wrong about this. I, I, want, I, I, think, I, I think the concept is cool. I think they should have opened with that and finished with Starfall. Starfield. 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 Yeah, Starfield, yeah. The only thing I will say, though, about Redfall is it kind of gave me the same vibe as I remember when I first saw Titanfall. Titanfall, I kind of was like, ah, you know, like a shooter with mechs, like, ah, I feel like it's going to be really clunky. And then Titanfall actually surprised me at how good it was, especially Titanfall 2. But we played the hell of that Titanfall beta. Yeah, but I, I just can't see where my instincts could be wrong with this one. It's just, it, I don't know. I feel like the fact it was at the end of the show, means the budget for this game is probably a little bit too high than it should be. And right. if Microsoft has, you know, the, the willpower to put it at the end of a show, well, I don't know. I just don't think it can deliver. I don't. They must really believe in it. I'm, like... I'm, I'm going to challenge that a little bit, just because I, I don't necessarily think that's what it means. I, I said during our reaction... Like, I think that the fact that they opened and ended with Bethesda was more of a gesture and more of a, like, reminding everybody that, like, Bethesda is a big part of who Microsoft is now. And it was more, 
like I I saw it as less of like indicative of the games themselves and more indicative of like the merger. That's true. That's how I viewed it. That's true, but I would have rather seen it end with Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna go that route, just because that's so far away. Like there, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like whatever. Is it what the tenth anniversary of Skyrim? Oh, the little yeah. montage. I'd rather them end with a montage of the tenth oh, anniversary you meant Skyrim, of Skyrim, not Elder Scrolls. No, Skyrim I meant Skyrim. Coming. When I said Skyrim, I meant Skyrim. <laughs> but but Tail was right. If they would have ended with Halo, they really should have ended with Halo and said, you know, sign up now for for the multiplayer beta. I know that has nothing to do with the most likely the tank portion of it, but just I don't know. I, I just feel like they almost doomed it from its placement. Fair enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring us into the biggest omission, and uh, the biggest omission for me was the lack of Fable. I, I I really wanted to see something with Fable. I really wanted to see. Um, something with Everwild. So I guess the lack of or the omission uh, is Microsoft's part of their conference because those were two titles that I was hoping to see. I know now it is Everwild, right? That that's the new rare, and the rumors now of them the restarting development or something or something's going on there. Like that's a little bit upsetting because I like the concept of that game, but just those two games not being there, specifically more Fable, like that's again something that they could have done to end the conference with again. And it worries me that none of none of Fable was there. Yeah, like that's the thing. Everwild restarts development, and we know absolutely we we've only seen two trailers for that game that didn't show gameplay once. And this was supposed to be like the next big rare game, and now that that's being pushed, and the a lot of the creatives from the other rare team that should be working on their own project are being put onto Everwild now means that like rare probably doesn't have anything else in the works that at least internally that is like anywhere near ready because if all those guys are going to everwild like they're not working on anything else so and like fable the only reason why fable i don't think was there was because of uh forza and forza horizon 5 was a huge surprise because like we thought it was all hands on deck for fable but apparently not they had this game working and now probably going to be all hands on deck on fable but yeah like for me that like the biggest omission for me was like i said earlier like and adding on to what joe said like microsoft is just like they're doing that thing that jewel said and like it's just going to keep hammering that home like yeah at, at in the conference we itself we didn't see hellblade hellblade came in the extended show and they still made it sound like Hellblade is far off. Like they are, they are still years away from Hellblade Two. And then to boot, Everwild's now going to be 2024. Perfect Dark probably is going to be a, another two years. Fable's going to be two years. Like I was saying in the predictions video for Microsoft that like. I was saying like Microsoft is gearing up to have like the second wave of games that's coming out after Psychonauts, after Halo, and like that. And I lumped uh, like Avowed and Everwild and all that in there. That's completely like dead in the water now. Like there's no way that's happening. Like yes, Microsoft showed a lot of stuff at this E3 conference. I get that. I respect that. I know that's exciting to a lot of people who say that like, there's a drought and there's nothing for on Xbox consoles. So there's a lot of exciting IP. And games coming from Microsoft, but look how fast like these like those chunks of games that I just said 
they're not coming out next year and they're not probably coming out the year after. So like where are the games going to be next year for Microsoft? So like it's just the exciting stuff for Microsoft is either just about to come out or it's way down there. There's no like none of those stopgap games in between. So like that's why I really like I was I didn't not it's not that I didn't like Microsoft is that I just like uh, to me that like that was it's so obvious that that's going to be an issue in the coming up for me like I just I don't know it's oh, you're worrying. right you're right because so, what is actually their slate for next year like name a game next year um I think they had one but I just don't remember what that's what I mean though <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I mean it's coming out next year their own mission Starfield's is coming out next year. Yeah, but, we'll yeah. see about that. Their mission's yeah. 2022. Yeah, well. I just want to say, like, as much as, as happy as I am for Metroid Dread, I still think not having any Metroid Prime 4 news is a bit of an omission that makes me sad. Hey, Riley. Yeah. They're still working hard to make yeah, Metroid Prime news. 4. Yeah, they said they're working hard to make Metroid Prime 4. That's oh. news. Yeah. yeah. That, okay, see, I didn't, I didn't know they even said anything about it. Because I didn't get to watch it live. Like, that's not news. We're just it, it, it isn't news. It was it's, it was basically nothing. It's something okay. like if yeah. they didn't say that, people would have flipped out and like would be like in panic like, mode. Admittedly, so. I'm more excited for Metroid Dread than I would have been for Metroid Prime because mm-hmm. I like the 2D Metroids better. But I still am excited for Metroid Prime. Like, yeah, yeah. I well, still like the thing is like Nintendo's philosophy right now around games is generally they don't show off the games until they're very like close, like usually a year to six months within the release, which is what they did for smash and odyssey and stuff. And the only real one that has broken that has been breath of the wild too. But I feel like that's because no matter what, like it doesn't really matter how they market breath of the wild Two. breath of the wild two is going to sell like crazy. Cause it's the sequel to like one of their biggest games of all time. Whereas Metroid prime four, I think they're concerned because they they know for a fact that like they really need to hit it over the head with Metroid Prime Four and market it well because they I think they see Metroid as this series that's like it's like Fire Emblem it's like it's not big enough now to be a hit but it has so much potential to just like break through and become a major player and I think they really want Metroid Prime Four to launch that and I think they're just very nervous about showing it before it's ready because they want like everything you see about it to be like fucking awesome like they don't want anything to just be like hey here's a little teaser like they don't want any crumbs they want so you to what you're saying is they want to be fire like modern fire emblem and not modern Star Fox. yes um, i don't know but at least i bought Star Fox, so we bought, we bought, bought it many a time yep. and i was trying to you know hopefully they'll make another one but maybe i didn't buy enough we'll, yeah. still, we'll tell that story one day yeah, we'll tell that I think story. We told some. Yeah, story, I'm pretty sure but, we did. Um, Gino, do you want to go or do you want me to to go? Um, honestly, like, I doubt we have the thing. I, one, so, well, I was gonna say stuff more along the lines of what Mateo was saying about like the like the biggest omission was Everwild not being there. Right? I can't really think like. A lot of stuff also has been said. Personally, I would have liked to see maybe Forza Horizon uh, instead of Forza Forza Horizon to see Forza Motorsport because we were expecting it. But then again, I wasn't really looking forward to those types of games anyway. Or like, I I don't know. It's uh, I wasn't really I I didn't really think anything was omitted. 
per se other than like Sony was omitted. Yeah, I was about to yeah, say I that. Actually. Gonna, I want yeah. to change my mind to Sony was omitted. <laughs> I thought it was going to be super <laughs> clever and add that uh, like the end of this after everyone said something. But yeah, <laughs> I was I was kind of planning on saying it, and then I started listening to everyone and forgot. Well, I'll but... tell you guys. First of all, Bayonetta three is up there, but I'm not going to mention Bayonetta three because there's one game that was omitted that is objectively the biggest omission and that is where the fuck is my cuphead dlc i've been waiting (laughs) i don't even want want the game i just want to see it i just want to know it all exists it's been like two years since they announced it was going to come the following year and they haven't shown anything like literally it's like that game was announced and they're like yeah it's coming next year and they just never have said anything like that's it it's gone and it's like what is this game anymore like where is my delicious last dessert get, get gaslit by microsoft yeah but Very you know delicious what? last course but the thing is at this point you gotta expect that because like didn't the first like didn't cuphead go through the a very similar situation where like it was announced and then you didn't hear about it for like two years and then it it had its like grand yes it was yes absolutely and that's why i'm saying like i really hope that the reason that it's taking so long is not because it's not there and not necessarily because it's not taking a lot like a long time i hope that the reason they haven't said anything is because they actually are just going to launch it as a sequel or like a standalone because i feel at this point it's been three like has been three or four years since they announced it. I think it's three years. Yeah, I I don't think it was in 2019. So I think it's it was 2018. Yeah. Regardless, like you, two years, three years, who cares? Like it, it's been a while, and yeah, probably it's been one a year while for a while as well. So like, I feel like taking that long to launch a DLC. Like I'm sorry, the only time I've ever waited this long for a DLC was Shovel Knight's King Knight DLC, and it was just stupid because that by this time, when it's taken this many years to produce it, you get resentful because you're like, well, I would have rather just had a sequel at this point. And so I yeah. really just hope that they realize that somewhere along the dev time, and they're like, hey, we're actually putting a lot of content into this. Let's just make it a whole other game. And that's why yeah. they haven't said anything, because they want it to be so much time that when they do finally address it again, they address it with, yeah, by the way, it's coming, but it's no longer a DLC. It's actually its own game. Yeah, and at yeah. the same time, like, yeah, because that's happened, you kind of like, like right now, at least with me personally, like, that's going through my mind right now. I'm like, if it's taking this long, it has like the only logical reason to me is like, okay, they're upgrading it from DLC to like an actual like sequel or something. And if it comes out and it's just what you expect, it's just more Cuphead and it's DLC and it's very like reminiscent of the original Cuphead, then that's like a borderline disappointment then. Cause like you've waited so long for something that like you, it's not different enough to be like super exciting so even if it's i don't need it to be different i just want it to be on the level of like another game and to be standalone because if it's going to be this big like why even sell it attach the first game just like make it separate and maybe they are holding it back because they want to launch it alongside the netflix show but i don't know uh so gino i forgot did you have a so you don't have an omission right or no you mentioned it yeah, I was kind of a little bit of everything, and then I guess I'll take the Sony was omitted. I'll take, I'll <laughs> yeah. take, I'll take credit for that one, even yeah. though we all kind of said it at the same time. So, um, now we are got we got the big four here. 
So uh, we'll the, our final four topics. Uh, we will start with what we thought was the best conference. Um, and for me, it's like oh, without a question, it was Nintendo. Like, and you know, Nintendo had multiple surprises and really big announcements. Um, and the thing, like I said, with Nintendo is that Nintendo's show wasn't dominated by their like elite franchises, their top tier franchises like 3D Mario, like Mario Kart. Zelda was there, but Zelda was very much like it wasn't the biggest thing there. And like Smash Bros was not didn't have a massive announcement either. But instead this year's Nintendo conference was dominated by the like the the, the titles that really flush out the system's library. Like WarioWare, like uh, Metroid Dread, like the Advance Wars remakes, like um, Mario Party, like like those games are the ones that you're gonna look back at the lifespan. And those are like the really awesome like supplementary games that are like the B tier Nintendo franchise. And it just seemed like there like those like, and like I, I also said in our breakdown this year, at least first party wise for Nintendo, what they showed in their conference. All of those games really interested me, and that's really rare when something like that happens. So that's why I'm like, it's for Nintendo to come out and address that Mario, uh, like they listen, they hear what we say about Mario Party, and they're making changes to Mario Party because of that. Like that, that's just really great fan service, and I just like they really nailed it. Honestly, I'll continue on this this uh, point of uh, of this tangent. Oh, not tangent. This this uh, train of thought here, Mateo. Nintendo had the strongest conference they've had in a really really long time, and that's no detriment to what they've done as a company. They they've they've played their hand. They've played it wisely. But then again, all the other conferences that just sucked, right? Well, that, so... no, no, because like Microsoft once again, like I can see why a lot of people are really excited by what Microsoft showed, and a lot of people are saying Microsoft had the best conference. A lot of outlets are saying that it's, and I understand that, but like, like we're really big Nintendo fans. Hey, speak for so, yourself. I know. Yeah. But like in general, like we're really big Nintendo fans and that they delivered because we're also really hardcore Nintendo fans and Microsoft. Yes. The value of what Microsoft showed was incredible. 27 games on game pass of the 30 that they showed. That's really big. Honestly, like we cannot stress that enough, but, um, Microsoft, like, I, 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 someone wants to talk about that. Like, I, I don't really want to add on to that. Like, if, if someone yeah. really thinks Microsoft is the best, I'll let them say it. And if not, then I'll just tack it on at the end. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't mean that, like, it was like, but, like, compared to everything else, like, my, Nintendo had the biggest announcements. Nintendo had the most, like, like, from beginning to end, it was the most complete show. There wasn't really a lot of boring stuff in it. Like, we tuned out halfway through the Microsoft one. We tuned out pretty much all of Ubisoft. We tuned out pretty much all of all of Square. Square. We didn't watch the Namco the Namco Bandai one, right? Or Bandai well, those Bandai. those like basically those aside from those four franchise uh, those four conferences, there was the Summer Games Fest, uh, the Jeff Keighley show, and Devolver. Everything else was really just like showcases for like one or two games that really didn't need to happen at all. Yeah. And, like, for instance, with Ubisoft, like, why show off Far Cry and, like, all of the other conferences? Well, we'll get to that. That's, that's, we're talking about what our favorites were and, like, yeah, 
we're talking we don't want to be super negative yet. So yet being the keyword. Yeah. So Gulas. Well, I think it's very self explanatory. Like I don't I genuinely think E three sucked this year. Like it was trash. There really wasn't there was a, a few announcements in each conference that were like okay um or like a little bit hype worthy. Um but for the most part I don't think anybody had a good conference except for um except for Nintendo, to be honest. And Nintendo had a good conference at that. Like it wasn't just like they had the best conference because everybody else sucked. Like theirs was actually a good enough conference that even like in a year where like Microsoft and Ubisoft and EA did show up, they would still have a fighting chance. Um really? And I like I do think so. Like, and I I do think like less so in a in the context of like the general audience because again, like as Mateo said, like this year wasn't really focused on like a major like blockbuster. So that's why I'm saying they would still hold a fighting chance. I'm not saying they would win, but I'm saying they did have a solid conference. They did have a lot of announcements, not just within their own titles, but also, like, a lot of third-party exclusive stuff. Um, and I do think it was just solid, in general. It was, like, a solid um, flurry of games. Not everybody's going to be into WarioWare and Advanced Wars and um, Metroid and Mario Party and stuff, but I do think, like, even trying to step away from, like, a Nintendo bias, being a very big Nintendo fan, I do think there was enough in there that even if you're not interested in those games, you can understand why a lot of them were, like, noteworthy and big deals. Like, even WarioWare being, like, a very minor title, at least that's not something like Rocksmith Plus. I, right? like when honestly, you're... I think Rocksmith Plus might sell better than WarioWare. It might. Maybe. Maybe. But at its core, is Rocksmith Plus a game. That's what I'm saying. Is like I feel like if you if the things you have to headline in your conference are Rocksmith Plus and Just Dance, then there's not really a lot. And that's the thing is like even though WarioWare and Advance Wars were announced, they weren't headliners. Nintendo didn't focus on them. They just dropped them. Like oh yeah, these exist, right? Like they treated WarioWare and like Advance Wars and even Mario Party to an extent as the same way that like um, Square treated like Legend of Mana or the way that um, Ubisoft treated Rocksmith Plus or the way that like Microsoft treated I don't know, I can't remember the, the games that they just gla- passed over yeah, so much like, happened in that one. Like Contraband, like the Avalanche Studios game, like it was it was in and it was out. You just saw your trailer there. and that was yeah. it. And that's what I mean, so like even if Nintendo's like in those games are big deals like not to everybody but like that's what i mean is i th- i do feel like nintendo did have a solid conference because there was something there for like every type of gamer the hardcores had their zelda and their metroids the casuals had their um, mario parties and their warios and um and then there was like other stuff too right like the the Rampa collections the fatal frame yeah, stuff like um, yeah. yeah, Shin Megami Tensei. Like there, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there, and I just feel like that's what made it strong. Riley, what was your favorite then? What was your favorite? Honestly, given that I only cared about two things at all that uh, Nintendo showed, uh, I have to give it to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. 
there's just more there that interested me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't share a Nintendo bias. Hey, it's okay. It's good to have uh, multiple opinions, right? I think Nintendo, at least in my opinion, was carried purely because of Metroid. I mean, and I know I don't care as much about Breath of the Wild sequels as everyone else because I still have yet to play the Breath of the Wild. It doesn't really seem like my thing. But I understand its appeal. So I think, honestly, Nintendo's conference is carried purely by Metroid, Zelda, and Mario Party. Mm-hmm. The other stuff does, as you said, seem like they kind of threw it in there. And at least to me, there's not, nothing else held any appeal whatsoever. I think Microsoft had a good smattering of, like, you say there was something that everyone could enjoy with Nintendo. I think that holds doubly true for Microsoft then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. about to they, say that. They announced games for pretty much every genre. Honestly, like, to me, a lot of the biggest announcements out of Microsoft, aside from, like, Halo, uh, were games that are, like, and Psychonauts 2 looked really good, and I'm really looking forward to playing Psychonauts 2, because, like, I'm in the middle, I am just started playing Psychonauts 1. But, like, the fact that games like Hades are going to be on Game Pass, like a game that's, okay, it's critically acclaimed. It came out last year. I was about to buy it, but didn't. And I can play that on Game Pass now. Flight yep. Sim coming to Game Pass. Age of Empires coming to Game Pass. Like a lot of these really big games that are a big deal to a lot of people, the fact that they're going to be on an Xbox console, that's huge. Like, and that's like, and like, I can appreciate that, that stuff, but like, not all the games really like made a big impact on me. Like for instance, like Tunic was a big game that Microsoft showed at E in E3. I think it was the same E3 where they showed Cuphead, Delicious Last Course. Okay, it's a game made by one guy though, so that game went dark for a while. But to, at this year's E3, they showed it another trailer. They dropped a demo for it on Xbox. I played it. It was really good. So like. There's stuff like that, like really small stuff that, like, I under like I, the big stuff Microsoft showed aside from Halo, really didn't do it for me. It's a lot of these really smaller Game Pass related announcements that really yeah. like that is what I got most out of Microsoft this year. Yeah, Party Animals but, was. I'm gonna go back and onto that one too because I began that trailer and that little segment of the show with "Who gives a shit?" and I ended up giving a shit. <laughs> My best conference because I didn't chime in. Probably would have been Microsoft's. Just to go Thank back to you that. as well, yeah. And not honestly, what it probably has to do a lot with is the sheer amount of games that they showed, and yeah. it just kept going and going and going. And also, it was kind of nice on the end of each little segment of saying, you know, play it day one with Game Pass. Um, I, I would say Microsoft's, and, and that is also as a Halo shill. I say Microsoft's, but also to. Yeah, I, I don't know. But my, I, I like, just think I think overall their conference impressed me the most. It didn't have the heavy hitters as Nintendo, but it just impressed me the most of how they I, went about their conference. You'd agree with me though that like it had some like I I don't like using that that phrase, but it had something for everyone, right? Like the sheer amount of games that covered a huge like a huge number of interests for people. Yeah, but it didn't have a Mario Strikers. So, but like Halo Infinite, I think we could, most of us could agree that Halo Infinite should be the single biggest game, like at E3, like that game, like in terms of uh, impact on the industry and like that, like Halo's Microsoft's flagship series. Yeah. And like, exactly. They they, they talked about Halo Infinite just as long as Nintendo talked about Metroid Dread. 
and I'm just thinking to myself, like, those two games are, like, not comparable in terms of scope and impact and importance, but, and, like, and I think Microsoft did it, like, the only reason they didn't talk about Halo for longer is because, like, I feel like they kind of were trying to be a little too, like, optim, like, like, they wanted to hold things back a little too much, because, like, they, they saw, like, they got a lot of blowback, we all agree, like, unnecessary blowback from their last showcase for Halo Infinite, but, like, they played a little too safe for my liking. Don't you think, though, the reason why they only gave you that tidbit of Halo is because they, I think they're, they must be planning some sort of other event where they're going to go very in-depth with Halo. Because yeah. we still don't have a release date. Whether or not that's because of COD, it doesn't matter. But I think we're getting, like, a Nintendo-esque direct where they focus on their game. We're going to get, like, a, a, a Halo uh, waypoint sort of thing. Yeah, well, it might I even just be in you. Halo, right? I hope what they do is what they did with when the Reach beta came out. They fu- they had a, a huge, like, 40-minute vid doc before the beta dropped, and then the beta dropped. Yeah, Th- that would be fantastic if they did that. Because that's all we need. Like, it doesn't have to be at E3. Like, I was just whelmed. I, I think what mm-hmm. they showed was fan- the multiplayer again. I could go on on that all day. It looked amazing. But mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, though. It, it doesn't make sense. Even the fact that, sorry, but Forza, as impressive as it looks, and I think it'll be amazing, that got like three times the amount of time I think as Halo. Halo. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that work? They're both yeah. coming out this year. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, and they're probably coming out if they do come out both this year. It'll probably be within like, like Forza will be. It comes out another ninth. Halo's probably the next week. So it's it's what? like like the, those games are going to be compared again with, with each other for a while. So like, uh, but even to touch again on that though, they don't really need to sell Halo at this point, considering the multiplayer is free. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to be selling the campaign through the experience that everyone has in the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, how they're going to go about it. So they don't care so well, much about selling season passes. Well, it's, hey, but at least they're doing season passes right. And I feel like we yeah. could do a whole other podcast topic on just how they're how three point three is I taking think, Halo Infinite. I think right it's the season passes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It okay. is true. All right. So with that, we talked about what we think's the best. Now. There's actually this this could actually be a little contentious. Like who truly had the worst conference? Because there's actually a lot to pick from here. I didn't watch <laughs> like Gearbox. I heard Gearbox was bad. I heard like uh like there was a lot of really st- big stinkers and we, we actually reacted to two of them. So Ubisoft and Square are probably the big one. But for me, I think Ubisoft was the worst because like at least Square had a big game like Guardians of the Galaxy. Ubisoft came. Mario and Rabbids was there, and that that's great, honestly. But like, that game cannot make up for all the shit that was shown in there. Like Ubisoft used that, and like we talked about Just Dance already. We talked about like Extraction was good, but like Just Dance was really like grinds my gears. Riders Republic was just so long and boring. Rocksmith Plus, like that's fine, but like I don't think that's your for your like the demographic watching it they were showing movie trailers for like random ass ubisoft games that like apparently existed that i had no idea existed like that's not a place to have like e3 is not a place to show stuff like that and like 
Ubisoft forwards in the past have been really good. And like we had all these expectations, like where was the new Assassin's Creed? Where the heck is Prince of Persia? Where's Beyond Good and Evil 2? Like there was legitimate like excitement for this event that like like almost everything was a complete flop in my opinion for Ubisoft. So like I could just cannot sit by and like like that may have been the worst e3 conference i've seen period and like there's been a lot of bad e3 like ea conferences in the past so like like this like you knew this was bad like if i like if i have to say that so i'm just gonna bounce off of you and i don't think it needs any explanation um which is the ubisoft just like yeah like i don't even think it's a contentious to be honest like i didn't hate squares but ubisoft's mm-hmm. just fucking sucked i yeah. i hated squares yeah like at least ubisoft bad. had one game i care about square had exactly zero yeah hey well, it's it's tough right? i don't know like guardians is like the one like the one fed like the one thing that i'm actually looking forward to so that's where i'm gonna say it was Ubisoft was just no as much I and like I really really like Mario and Rabbids but yeah Ubisoft is was worst in show yeah, they get the, they there. get the razzy <laughs> they get the razzy from me it sucks because they that would have been the one nice thing of their conference but Nintendo decided to leak it twenty minutes before yep yep I think the the, the one nice thing about uh, Ubisoft's conference is getting to see Ella but that's probably just a me thing oh I forgot about that too. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, what was your worst? Oh, Square 100%. Thank you. Square, <laughs> Square was I, brutal. I, I couldn't stand it. Um, I, I don't, th- I barely paid attention except for chaos, but, um, I would say Square's 100%. A thousand percent. It, and Mateo's right though, with, or I think it was Mateo that said it with Ubisoft. Poor Ubisoft. They, actually, they would have had a killer conference if Mario Rabbids was kept under wraps, you know, for an extra hour or whatever. But the poor guys. Like I, I'm assuming that must be a little bit deflating for their team too. Like kind of it kind of takes the wind out of their sails. But Mario and Rabbids, if it wasn't for Mario and Rabbids, I probably would say Ubisoft. But with with what happened, I would go with that. So we talked about the best conference. We talked about the worst conference. Uh, what do you think the best game of the show was? Everyone's probably talked about what they think is the game of the show already. So, like, let's just do this like, like rapid-fire thing. So, for me, my game of the show is Metroid Dread. Like, 100%. I, I cannot, uh, cannot think. I, I don't think anything else comes close. Yep, same here. Metroid Dread game of the show. Uh, it's a tough one. Uh, it's got to be Riders Ridge. Or Riders Republic. Control. Riders Republic. I just said that because I was trying to remember. But yeah. It's a toss up, definitely, for me between Metroid Dread and, um, and Mario Party. I'll go with Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread. I don't know if I can Mario Party is the game of the show, but it's definitely my most anticipated. Dr. Wally. Uh, it's hard for me. Real hard decision for me. Like, how... My question is, like, for a game for game of show, do they actually have to show a significant amount of gameplay, or can it just be a trailer? You can pick Elden Ring. 
Okay. I want to pick Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. We permitted. And that's what you wanted. Yes. Yeah. It was between that and Halo for me. But yeah, I'm going to go with Elden Ring. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Um, if we're going by what the room did for the film industry, then I'm going to go with Final Fantasy Origin Strangers of Paradise for what oh. it will do for the theme. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to go with Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. It gave, it gave me chills. It brought a legitimate tears to my eye. Sorry? Not Redfall? Redfall brought anger to my face. So no. But uh, I would go with Halo Infinite. And I've already gone I all the Gino games. Sony, Sony has some pretty killer announcements. Now, yeah. I, I need to ask this before we move forward. Technically, Sony wasn't at E3, although they had their state of play around it, kind of. Are you guys counting that as E3 or no? No, right? They had a state of play. I thought they had yeah. a state of play. There, there was a Horizon. Sure. It was there just was Horizon. Horizon. Yeah, and that Horizon Horizon looked incredible, though. Like I oh. wouldn't count it, but like because if I did, I'd have to redo a lot of the things I just said. But that game okay. looks incredible. I wanted to check because something before we move on to the overall who won E3, I kind of wanted to point out that by Sony not being there, it kind of was a win for all of them because I feel like you're always comparing. Nintendo's always on their own. And then you're always comparing Sony and Microsoft. And with Sony not there, not only was that fantastic for Microsoft, I think that was actually going to be fantastic for Sony for when they do their uh, their PSX event. Yep. I think that's what they're and trying I'm to sure do. they're going to do something. They're going to do something in the summer, at, like, uh, like in the next few months. Like, they have to. Like, they, they, there's, they have so much stuff announced, and I'm sure they have so much stuff that they're working on that, like, you, like... Like look at look at Sony. Like they're they they have a, a first party catalog that's like very, very like close to Nintendo's in terms of I'd say I don't know about quantity, but quality. Microsoft's show like they had one of the best E threes they've ever had and Sony wasn't there to like steal their thunder. Like yeah. every time Microsoft has had a show that was you could argue was good in the last few years, Sony was always there to undermine it and, mm-hmm. and take the the way the attention so just, yeah i agree i agree yeah, with what you said joe i only wanted to bring it up just to say that you know they, they kind of took a little bit on the internet from not having anything there but now looking at it i think it was actually the right call for everyone so now the the very last award we have is big one who won e3 in your opinion uh for me without question it's nintendo they just delivered almost every announcement almost was was something I really wanted them to announce and some stuff I didn't even know I wanted like advanced wars. Like it's just surprises of bringing back old intellectual properties and stuff like that. Like that, that's easy, easy brownie points just from that. And then Metroid dread is like, I'm over the moon and I'm still over the moon. That game is going to be incredible. And I'm sure a lot of the stuff that they showed is going to be really, really good. And a lot of people are going to really like that too. So like for me, Easily Nintendo. I'm I'm gonna say Nintendo also for a lot of the same reasons that we've discussed beforehand. They had the best announcements in my opinion. They had the most WTF moments in a good way, and there was a lot of just it was it was consistent. I I enjoyed it. Mario Party good. Metroid Dread good. Advance Wars very good. And yeah, other than that, uh, I got nothing else to say. Well. I gotta say, the true winner of E3 was Todrick Hall, who got to be featured in Ubisoft's cons. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, 
But uh, like I said it before, like I, I genuinely don't think E3 was good this year. I think it was bad. I think everybody sucked. Um, I think Microsoft was okay. Um, and I thought Nintendo had a good one. And so I just by default kind of goes to Nintendo for me. I think from one, they finally showed off Elden Ring. Elden Ring fans won. There you go. Uh, although I picked Microsoft for best conference, I think Nintendo definitely won E3. Because I'm just trying to compare. You end a conference with uh, Redfall, or you end a conference with the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Or even throw in Metroid Dread. Like, y- you just can't compare them. Nintendo, Nintendo won, I think, by a landslide. The big thing Nintendo won with that conference was my wallet. So, <laughs> all of our wallets. Oh, before yeah. we end this, I would like to make one addendum to what I said earlier. And sure. having thought about it, the biggest disappointment, while actually, while Kazuya was a huge disappointment, I think the biggest disappointment is when they told when they announced Elder Elder Worlds, ah, Outer Worlds Two, because that meant Obsidian was not working on a Fallout game. Obsidian is a big studio, Riley. Like they, they can work on a lot of. Yeah, projects but they're also working once. on Avowed and that grounded thing. I think they have enough. Yeah, I don't think grounded they have is a teams, small. But... Grounded is a small team. All right, but I'm pretty sure, like the the a bunch of the writers who work on like who worked on New Vegas and stuff, they were the the head writers for Outer Worlds. So mm-hmm. that well, could be problematic. Riley, we said this multiple times. Obsidian plus Microsoft plus Bethesda. That doesn't equal a new Fallout game made by Obsidian at one at, uh, eventually. Then they've completely wasted seven and a half billion dollars. So, mm-hmm. I also want to quickly jump in with with one two one very mm-hmm. thirty second addendum. Uh, a yep. surprise I forgot to mention that also would have been huge for me is the fact that they showed off the Diablo four release date in Microsoft's conference after Blizzard had deals with Sony. So that also that shocked Wait, me. Wait, that was the Diablo two one. Oh, sorry, Diablo two, Diablo two. Just the fact that. That was a marketing deal with Sony. So sorry, yes, D2. Which D2 is still hype. With that being said, I would like to thank Joe for coming back on to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Quite fun. We had a very good discussion. I'm very proud of this episode. Um, thank you all for listening. We are now officially in season two. Loyal listeners, look forward to such potential episodes as our Mass Effect discussion once Mateo finally plays through the rest of that. Yep, and our Metroid anniversary episode. Um, maybe yep. one day we'll finally get to our po- giant Pokemon multi-part episode that we've been planning for like since like Never. episode five. GameCube Essentials um, is going to be up soon. That's going to yeah. be that's going to be another, a big one. Another bloodbath. We got Season a lot two planned. of the Hub World podcast is going to be chock full of fantastic discussions. I'm honestly like we got a lot of things cooking up, but anyways. If you enjoyed what you're listening to, please give us a like. Please subscribe. Follow us on Spotify. We're on there. Download our episode there. Uh, if you don't want to watch the, all, the whole video, uh, listen to it in pieces on Spotify. It's a good good way to listen to us. But uh, uh, anyways, um, thank you all for listening again. Thank you, Joe. Uh, hopefully you can come back and uh, be on the podcast. Uh, and I, I was going to say quickly, I'll see you guys apparently in season three. Because apparently I, I'm signed to one of season contracts. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you at the Game so Awards. You're, you're in that Pokemon one. Yeah, we'll make Pokemon it happen. One, and Joe, if we do a Halo one, it would feel incomplete without you. Thank yep. you. Anyways, Thank you. though. You're gonna, you need to hear my long speech about why Garbodor is the best thing to happen to Pokemon. Yeah, we're not starting this one now. All right, end yep. it. Anyways, guys, thank you again. It was fun. See you next time. Farewell.